this uh, this week there was an individual from our church just had shared an act of compassion with uh, another individual in town, and and it's just neat. I've been seeing some different ones. Uh, 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 one particular individual bought a piece of clothing for another particular individual that may not have had something, and uh, just that's that's great. Just to share an act of compassion. You may, and, and I bring that up because, you know, a lot of times we're extra, we pay extra attention to that around Thanksgiving to Christmas, you know, helping somebody out. Well, somebody may need some food or somebody may need an article of clothing, and, and we do. We pay extra attention to that around this holiday season. And as fast, it doesn't seem like not this coming week, but next week. Uh, this, uh, matter of fact, a week from today will be our uh, Thanksgiving fellowship here at church. And, of course, that's just like a missionary Baptist preacher thinking about food, isn't it? And so I already eyeballing that. Uh, just also, but shouldn't we be thinking about that all the time? I mean, just to see a way maybe that you can show compassion to somebody else that you can do that. also want to say thanks to those who... Uh, uh, obviously it's it's optional, it's just kind of a a neat uh, little deal we've done past four. I'm not preaching out of deer stand this year. Uh, Last year went all out, and uh, I'll never forget uh, whenever those uh, set of horns, I had this all camo up here, if you weren't here last year, and had camo, this uh, was covering up this beige stage, and then uh, Brother Norbley had specifically built uh, just... I said, not very, not too tall. I don't want to be hitting the ceiling, but a deer stand, and it was perfect. And we, you know, we walked in. We talked about uh, our safety and security and and different things. And uh, one of the points of the sermon, you know, our safety and security is in Jesus. And uh, but one of the points of the sermon was about missed opportunities. And I had a couple of young men back here, and they there was two eight points all of a sudden appeared back here, and they was going across that rail right there. And uh, and then you know that and I was talking about missed opportunities. As a deer hunter, you have missed opportunities. And Patrick stood up in the back and he said, "Brother Michael, there's a deer behind you. Look." And uh, so anyway, and that was I couldn't have asked for better than that. And uh, so he did that, and 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 I, of course I didn't look all the way back around. I didn't know if Caleb and whoever else I think Lane was helping him. Put the you know the eight points back down, and uh, and so you know we as we miss opportunities to witness was the point. As a Christian, you and I have opportunities every day, not only to share the love of Jesus, but just like the big buck that may get away, you may have had a big opportunity to tell somebody about the Lord. You know, and and as we wear these. Uh, somebody said uh, earlier, I kind of got tickled. They said, you know, have you seen Brother Michael? I said, we can't see him. He's wearing camo, all right? And uh, so he's uh, camoed in. Well, you may uh, see us wearing camo, you know, and that's indu- conducive of our deer hunting uh, culture that we have. And all of this that we do, man, people have been, you know, in some seasons you just get fired up. You plan, you plant, <laughs> uh, you prepare, you sight your rifle in, you do all those things. And what's the whole purpose? To harvest 
the prince of the woods, the white-tailed deer. Of course, now we're getting so many bears around here, we may have a king. But uh, and uh, so, but anyway, so you know, the gourmet, the most delicious thing out there. Now, some may have a different opinion, but uh, matter of fact, that's what we had supper last night was uh, chicken fried double dipped deer steak and mashed potatoes and gravy. Am I making you hungry? That's the whole point. Okay, it means y'all be awake if your stomach's growling. Okay. But, you know, and all of that, the whole purpose of all that stuff is to obtain meat. Some people hunt for horns. Some people just hunt for meat. Some people just hunt for a good time. They want to hang out and eat and fellowship or whatever the case may be. But you have a goal in mind. And, you know, as a church, we have a goal. We do. We prepare We plan. We also have another P word. We pray. All of these things we do. Why? So that people can come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. And, of course, the title for this morning's message, A Mission to Accomplish. You know, we have all of these things. And and, uh, I kind of get, we get lackadaisical. As church members, that's why we need revival. Matter of fact, I ran into somebody the other day, and you know, I'm I'm kind of that way. I, I may have those years that I just don't get fired up about deer hunting as I'd like to. Sometimes I'm I get fired up on fishing or something else, and and uh, you run into somebody about deer hunting, they, they they'll say this. This is real popular saying, well. I'm just not as mad as Adam as I used to be, you know. And and that's so, you know, that just what does that mean? And deer hunting that just means that you're you're not as excited as you once were. Uh, I get I, I kind of got a little nervous yesterday. I was going over it with Caleb uh, last year. Sean uh, did the hunter's ed training, you know, got him trained, got his hunter's ed card, and so he can hunt uh, where I don't have to be with him. And so I was going over Caleb. Okay, Caleb, all right, you're going to climb up in the deer stand. Guns unloaded, guns unloaded, yep, and get up there. Then you load, before you come down, uh, unload the gun. All this preparation, different things, and uh, and all of this. And so it's his first year ever to do that. And uh, without, uh, you know, according to all that hunter's ed stuff. And so you plan and you pray and you do and then all the whole thing is to have a goal so that you can accomplish the mission. And here we have an awesome example of the Apostle Paul, the very last chapter in an awesome book called the Book of Acts. And the whole thing, you know, Acts means the Acts of the Apostles. And so we're going to begin reading in Acts 27. And uh, 22, so would you please stand for the reading of God's holy word. In Acts 20, uh, should should be, it says uh, 27, uh, should be, uh, yeah, Acts 27. Make sure I have my place right. Acts 27, 22. There we go. And now... I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, 
but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. This is Paul speaking. Saying, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to speak concerning your holy word. May we accomplish our mission that you give us as a local New Testament church. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. God has a mission for promised land. In this passage, and we'll, basically the main part of our message is going to be in chapter 28, the reason I hesitated, but looking at setting this up, his whole, he's headed to Rome, God's got a mission for him to accomplish in Rome. Here is a shipwreck, and looking at this passage this morning, the whole task or goal that we have is to tell the world about Jesus Christ, or to spread the word to tell people how to have a home in heaven that God supplied for them. And it says in verse 25 of our text here in Acts 27, Paul said, listen, I believe God. And that's what we need to say this morning. I believe God. Now don't say, I I believe in God. You know, a lot of people that I ask... Are you saved? Are you going to heaven? Well, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But folks, that's like saying, I believe that George Washington was the first president. You know, if you say, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, that's totally different. Uh, You know, a lot of people say, I believe in God. But many people equate that just believing that He exists or just believing that Jesus existed. But I want to make sure that each of you know the difference between just believing that somebody exists, even believing that Jesus died on the cross. Have you accepted Him as your personal Savior? There's a difference. There, and I don't, a lot of people get confused about that. James tried, in the book of James, tried to make a difference. It says, even the devils believe. They believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Demons would cry out of people, Oh, thou most high Son of God! They would call Him by name. They knew who He was. The demons inside of people in the Gospels, they they knew who Jesus was. So, just believing in uh, that a person exists, that there is a God, that there's a Jesus, and that He died on the cross and rose again. But there's a totally different thing saying, you know what, I'm a sinner, and I need to pray and ask Jesus into my heart. I need to pray and ask Jesus into my life. You don't have to say heart. That's just a euphemism or a saying. Heart just means your innermost desire, the innermost part of me. I give Jesus my life. I I told Him I'm a sinner, and I asked Him to save me. There's a whole bunch of different ways to say that. And I don't want to confuse anybody. Matter of fact, you need to make that message clear. That Jesus is a Savior and that you need to ask Him to be your Savior, to, to uh, save you from your sins. That's our goal. And, as, and so guess what? If you look at verse 44 and 
Acts 27, it says that all, everybody, I believe God is going to help us. He said everybody's going to escape and we're going to make it. And guess what verse 44 says? Everybody made it safe. All of them. There wasn't one man that lost their life that day. And so, the very first point in Acts 28, verse 1 and 2, as we labor for the Lord, God is going to open some doors. Now, this is pretty cool. Uh, in verse 1, so think about this. Were they planning, was this a port of call? In other words, was this a planned stop along this journey? When they got out of the uh, shipwreck and they made it to this uh, piece of land, it says in chapter 28, verse 1, and when they escaped, means they made it, they knew that the island was called Militia. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. And if you have a King James Bible, that's the way it's phrased, which means they showed them a bunch of kindness. Okay? For they kindled a fire, and they received us, every one, because of the present rain and because of the cold. Now, that's neat to me. That it, I tell you, if you talk to people, you know, listen, all of us, you know, we have, most everybody in here has a nice, cozy house to stay in. And you have electric, electricity, and you have, uh, most of you have a, a central air, or you may have a nice air-conditioned unit you know, sitting in the window somewhere, or you may have whatever. Most of us are, are comfortable, okay? That's, that's a good word to use. How many of us have, have been to the point, now some of you have, but maybe it's been a while, but you've been to a point where you didn't know how you were going to make it in life. Or you didn't know how you were going to have food for the next meal. Or you didn't know if you were going to, you're, you know, I remember all of us have been in situations, you know, I, I, I get picked at a lot because I like to run the vehicle, church van, my vehicle, all of them, uh, close to empty on the gas gauge, okay? Now, people pick at me about that, and that's all right. I, I can handle it, all right? And so... But, you know, and I, you know, and then, of course, that old saying from Roy Chapman creeps into my mind. There's a fine line between faith and foolishness, okay? <laughs> and uh, so, and that always comes to my mind. But, you know, there's, but, you know, that's just a, a little trivial thing that some of us have been in a place where, man, what if you got stranded somewhere? Or what if you got, and you're in a position where you just don't know how you're going to make it. But that's where they were in. Think about it. There, there wasn't a Motel 6 on the seashore. There wasn't a McDonald's. Where are we going to eat? Kids today, you know, they don't know about just scrounging. I'm going to eat the last bean out of this can. I'm going to eat this or sausage. And that's all I've got. You know, but they were in that kind of situation. Not many of us are, have been in this situation. Where you're just don't, and all of a sudden, think, and you talk to missionaries or people that, you don't have to be a missionary, but the folks, most of us don't like to venture away from home. Most of us don't like to venture where it takes faith. 
Most of us don't want to go out on a limb. Most of us don't want to do something we ain't never done or talk to somebody we ain't never talked to. Something, Folks, if you never say, God, increase my faith. I want to do something I've never done before. That takes faith. I want to go somewhere I've never gone before. That takes faith. I want to talk to somebody. I want to witness somebody. But I'm nervous. I don't know what they'll say. That takes faith. It takes faith to do something or talk to somebody you've never talked to before. And guess what? God said, you know what? I know they're going to have a shipwreck. I know that they're going to be in a pickle. And I'm going to just happen to have some nice people waiting on them. Which tells me, out of God's Word, that when you try to do something for Him... He's going to take care of you. He is going to take care of you. Now, you may totally strike out. Somebody you may talk to may tell you no. Somebody you may talk to say, I'm not interested. Somebody you may do something and people refuse you. But folks, God will bless you for trying something on faith. And that's what Paul was doing. Matter of fact, think about it. He signed up, Lord, I know you want me to go to Rome. And he says, I need to travel there. But before I go to Rome, I'm going to go back to Jerusalem and tell everybody there what's happened. And the whole time, you know what God's saying? <clears throat> Paul doesn't know it yet. But I'm going to give him a free ride to Rome. And the ride is going to be as a prisoner. All expense paid trip to Rome. But he doesn't know he's going to have to go as a prisoner. Think about that. That reminded me of the story the other day. I went to the ladies' auxiliary meeting in Egypt. And uh, not the country of Egypt, church. Okay, And uh, so we're over there and, and it was kind of neat because... Uh, here I back for the second time. Back in junior high, I read a book called The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. And so, and it had been years since I read it. So about three years ago, I read it again. And uh, just really neat how that in Holland, they hid Jews in Amsterdam. And uh, her and her family, eventually they were arrested because uh, Germany invaded Holland. And uh, anyway, they got arrested and thrown in jail. And her sister, Betsy, uh, was, in, I mean, a strong Christian. And Corey really struggled with her faith. And, uh, and, and she was, you know, and one day said, you know, Betsy was saying, we need to thank God for everything. We need to thank Him for everything. Along the way, God had supplied little New Testaments that they had taken into prison with them. They hid them in little pouches, and they would hide them and stick them in in and anywhere they could on their body or in their clothes, and they would hide the pouches of God's Word, and they would keep them. And, but all of a sudden, they started doing random searches. That particular day, after their little devotion, uh, by, by just a little light that came through a little crack, and they had their little devotion, and said, we need to thank God for everything. But their prison cells were infested by fleas. I mean, they couldn't even sleep because there's millions and millions of fleas everywhere. And Betsy said, Corey's sister, and uh, she said, we need to thank God for the fleas. And Corey said, that is so ridiculous. 
Betsy, I just cannot believe that we need to thank God for fleas. That's, I think that's taking that scripture, thank God in all things, a little too far. And she said, because I love you, Betsy, I'll pray and we'll thank God. For they prayed and thanked God for the fleas. And they found out the next day the reason that their cells were never searched and the word of God was never stolen from their prison cells because the guards didn't want to become infested with fleas. So you can thank God for fleas. God used fleas to keep the word of God safe in their prison cells. Many of us won't even thank God for a lot of things. We say we do, but I've never been in that situation, Brother Dennis. I've never been in that situation. That just blows my mind. But I, I see where God did that. I see where God had these people. God's going to open some doors. If we're, if we're going to accomplish the task, we also must be brave if you keep reading. So they're on the island. They've got some friends. Hey, I've got brand new friends. On this place, Paul started gathering a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, and a viper came out and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Well, let's just stop there, and I call Paul here a redneck. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, he has to be. Number one, every redneck loves fire. I mean, if, you're, if you love fire, you're a redneck. Okay, I love fire. I build the fire, poke the fire, prod the fire. I want more wood so the fire will get bigger. That's a redneck. So Paul's a redneck. And guess what? Inside that, apparently it was cold. The Bible says it was cold, and guess what comes out of hibernation? Big old sea snake, or venom, viper, whatever. It's a snake. Most people in here in this room, the only snake is a good snake is a dead snake. Huh. Amen. Can I get amen? Okay. So a few snake lovers out there, I guess. All right. So anyway, uh, so I mean, now all of a sudden the snake bites him on the hand. Paul, being a tough guy, says, huh. You know, he didn't run squealing like a little girl. What does the Bible say? He shook it off. <laughs> Get rid of that thing. I remember one time I was squirrel hunting, and there was this uh, patch of briars, and it was about, it was good, I mean, they were on over there. And so I said, well, man, man, there's, man, it looked like a dozen big old fox squirrels. I said, now i got to get a little closer. So I said, I'm on this patch of briars here. I said, I can go up under it. I looked up under there. I said, uh, man, no problem, you know, especially for a 14-year-old. So, and I'm going along, and I'm, I'm getting closer to squirrels. I'm looking for it. All of a sudden, my hand goes down the pine straw in a little old hole, and I pull it out. And all of a sudden, there's about six little snakes crawling all over my hand. I started backing up and unloading. Boom, 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 backing up. Unscared. I started, they were all babies. Apparently, they had hatched out. I started looking in between my fingers like, man, sure hope none of them got a hold of me. The other only incident that scared me to death is me and uh, granddad, that's my mom's mom, uh, he loved to brand fish, brand fish, and, and there was this big old huge willow tree, and uh, 
And he said, uh, jump up there, Michael, tie us off. Well, he shut the motor off too late, and I was sitting in the middle, and we, we was coasting. You know how after you shut the motor off, you're coasting. And I didn't get up there in time, and it rammed the tree, and the whole tree shook. Apparently, there was some snakes out on those limbs because about two dozen of them started falling like rain inside the boat, and I'm freezing. I said, Granddad, get him! You know, he's like chunking, chunking. And uh, I was about nine then. But uh, we've all had snake stories and snake incidents, and some of them are funny and some of them aren't. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, this is a snake incident. You've got to be brave, folks. In verse 6, what is they, what they, they looked at Paul and they said, he's as good as dead. Because they saw that those fangs sink in him. And when he shook it off, they saw the fangs come out. And they knew that that snake was poisonous. They lived there. Howbeit, verse 6, they looked and when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. Folks, now that must have been, the Bible doesn't tell us all that we know it's probably one of those viper kinds. That must have been a bad snake because they were expecting him to kill over any minute. But after a while, they looked and they saw no harm come to him. They changed their mind and they said, he's a God. But folks, he wasn't a God. He was representing the God. You know, and I put a reference in there for you. And uh, in Romans 8.31, and if you just flip back over, just flip over a few pages to Romans 8.31, a great verse. You ought to have it underlined. It says this, if God be for us, who can be against us? And folks, God wants you to share the message. Paul was not a God, but he did have the Lord on his side. Folks, we're going to go through tough times as a child of God, but uh, if you don't want to ever go through any difficulties as a Christian, I've got your secret recipe. It's called the carefree Christian life. All you have to do is uh, come to church just for just for preaching on Sunday mornings. Don't come any other time. Just come for preaching. If you want no problems, carefree, no difficulties. Also, you can't ever try to tell. Don't don't invite anybody. Because if you invite somebody, they may just sit in your pew, okay? And you don't want to lose your spot, you know. So I would hate for any of you to sit in a different spot. And uh, so you never know. Visitors, they just don't know where you sit. But we can label the pews if we need to, all right? So carefree Christian life. And uh, so just do that. Be sure, though, and like I said, don't, tell, don't invite anybody to church because that's, that's putting you out there a little bit too far. And like I say, we'll keep your spots safe. And another thing is, of course, is uh, every now and then is just uh, don't, don't, don't ever look for, for the good. Just look for something that may not be right. You know, and that way we'll just kind of keep it all just level, level kill. We don't want to get anybody fired up. So don't encourage them. Don't encourage them. Somebody may get fired up and get get saved. We don't want that. All right? Now, y'all know, of course, I'm being waist-deep in sarcasm here. All right? So, but that's it. 
That's it as a child of God. Sometimes it is tough. Sometimes there are difficulties. Sometimes that, you know, trying something for the Lord, doing something for the Lord. And folks, I don't want any of us to get bit by a snake. I mean, none of us, I don't want any of us to go through a difficulty of, hey, listen, you know, I was on, I was telling people about Jesus and a snake bit me. Huh. Well, I was telling somebody about Jesus and, you know, and man, they met me at the door with a shotgun. Literally happened to me. You know, I was telling people about Jesus and they spit in my face. You know, it's happened. Folks, there's all sorts of things that can happen to you. Say, well, if that's, I don't want any part of it. Think about it. Paul could have said, I, I didn't sign up for this. I've been stoned. I've been shipwrecked. There's a passage in the Bible that lists everything Paul went through. And he's been stoned and beaten with rods, left for dead, shipwrecked. All kinds of things. He could have said, time out. I didn't sign up for this. But folks, number one, he was committed. And folks, his treasure. We were studying Colossians in the Sunday school class that Brother Billy Don was teaching. And it said, Colossians 3.1, it says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. And if you then be risen with Christ means that if you're saved, seek Him. Seek Him. Well, the last point. The last point. How God uses adversity. So all of that happened. All of this happened. So verse 17 could happen. He finally made it to Rome. <clears throat> verse 17 of chapter 28. And it came to pass after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I've committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers. Did y'all know that, Paul? Did y'all know Paul? And, I, you know, I put it in here in part A. Jesus and Paul were both falsely accused. This is, this is the whole thing. Jesus, was he innocent? Yeah. He'd done nothing. Matter of fact, no sin, zero. Paul, was he innocent? Yeah, he was a sinner, but he had done nothing that the Jews had accused him of. So, you know, but Paul, excuse me, God, listen to me very closely, let lies be told on Paul. I'm going to allow it to happen. I'm going to allow him to come under maximum security prison. Why? So my will will be accomplished. So this tells me something. Sometimes, if you're serving the Lord, you may come under fire. But all of it happens so that God, people can see how you're going to respond. How will you respond? When adversity hits your life. When tough times hit. How will you respond? Verse 18 says this. Who, when they had examined him, would have, would have let me go. Or examined me. Would have let me go because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar. Not that I had ought to accuse my nation of. 
notice this, verse 20. For this cause or reason, therefore have I called for you to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel, I've got these handcuffs on. It says I'm chained. My, my handcuffs are for a reason. And then all of this happens. Folks, God says, I've got to send you to jail, Paul, so you can have the greater audience. And lastly, I want everybody to skip down to verse 22. It says, uh, in verse 22, But we desire to hear thee, Paul. We, we want to listen to you, what thou thinkest. For as concerning this sect, these so-called Christians, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him in his lodging. So he's in jail, and they're allowing people in to see Paul, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets. Notice this, how long this sermon lasted. Or his Bible lesson from morning till evening. And notice verse 24. And some believed the things which were spoken and some believed not. Which tells me and you what? Someday you're going to talk to people and some of them are going to believe you. Some of them won't. Verse 25. And when they agreed not among themselves, they had departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah, the prophet, unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people, saying, Hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they, have they closed, lest they, they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them." Be it known, therefore, unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. And when they had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. And the very last two verses of the book of Acts say this, And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house. Now, that's relaxed prison quarters. And received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus with all confidence, no man forbidding him. God allowed the shipwreck, He allowed the snake, He allowed barbarous people to come to the rescue, just basically country boys on in Malaysia. He allowed the prison journey. He said, I'm doing all this so you can have the greater audience. We have a mission to accomplish. Will you be willing to not be status quo to say, I, I'll just, I just want to sign up for the least amount of Christianity. No. 
how can I increase my faith? How can I do something more? As we prepare for a hymn invitation, would you bow with me for a word of prayer, Father? As we bow together, I just pray that we'd realize that we do have a mission to accomplish. Our church has a goal. May we not lose sight of that goal. We get distracted by problems or by people, situations. We lose track of Jesus. We lose track of telling others. We get focused on the world or things that take our eyes off of you. Father, help us to get our eyes back on you. To know it's all about seeing people saved. Seeing people come to know you as their personal Savior. May we be willing to step out and to do more for you. In Jesus' name. Amen.